It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Welcome in to another episode of On The Clock. I am your host, Brett Whitefield. Today, we are joined by Daniel Harms of the FF Astronauts. You can find him on Twitter at InHarmsWay19. Again, that was at InHarmsWay19. Daniel, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, man. I've been following you for a while. We finally got to meet up at the Senior Bowl. That was, was awesome to get to chat with you for a little bit before you had to you know, skedaddle, but it was great. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, I I loved meeting you at, at in Mobile. Um, one thing that really impressed me about you, Daniel, is you brought your daughter with you. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I've you, gotten a lot of talk about that. <laughs> yeah, you should. It's commendable, and you know what? I love the fact that you're modeling um, this never say never attitude to your daughter. This mentality: you're just going to go get it, no matter what, whatever the circumstances are. Nothing's going to stop you from from doing what you love and what you want to do. So I lo- I love modeling that for your daughter. That's amazing. Thank you. I appreciate it. You know, I, I, I can't thank anybody, everybody, the amount of support I've gotten from tons of people who don't even really know me reaching out to me on Twitter and talking to me about this. Like it's, I didn't really think about the impact that it would have. I was just like, I need to go do this. Uh, my mom, my wife's not here. So my daughter, like, you're going to come with me. We're going to figure this out. So yeah, it's been, yeah. it's been a great couple of months and she's, you know, a firecracker, but uh, you couldn't tell any different by, by the way she acted in Mobile. So it's pretty, it's pretty awesome to share that experience with her. Awesome, good stuff. All right, before we dive in, I do have to take care of some business. First order of business is if you are if you have not checked it out yet, the 2023 prospect guide on FantasyPoints.com has been launched. All of the prospect profiles in there have been written by me. Right now, we're at I think 85 profiles are in the system. They're all on the offensive side of the ball. We'll be adding another. 75 to 80 over the next couple of weeks on the defensive side of the ball. In the end, we're hoping to get to around 200. But if you haven't checked that out, it's completely free to read as well. All you need is a fantasy points login, which is free to make. Go on the website. All it requires is an email and a password, and you can read the prospect guide. Super simple. We'll also be launching an app um, sometime in April, right before the draft, that features just a prospect guide. So that is cool. And we also need to take a moment to hear from our sponsor, Underdog Fantasy Football. The 2022 NFL season is over, but the fantasy football season never stops at Underdog, the easiest place to play fantasy football. Right now, you can draft an Underdog's The Big Board Tournament with $1 million in total prizes and 200 k to first place. Think you know which incoming rookies will burst onto the scene in 2023? If so, now is your chance to draft them at a value. All you have to do is join the big board, draft your fantasy team, and that's it. In best ball, there are no waivers. There are no trades. You get the best score in your lineup every single week of the season. and Whoever has the highest score at the end of the season wins. Just head to underdogfantasy.com, the App Store, or the Google Play Store. Sign up with promo code FANTASYPTS, and you'll get your first deposit doubled up to $100. There's more. If you sign up using code FANTASYPTS at underdog, you get a fantasy point standard subscription for just five bucks. That's underdog fantasy promo code FT, <laughs> fantasy PTS. And remember, new underdog users who sign up with our code get a fantasy point sub for just five bucks. You know, it's funny. I flubbed that because I've read that so many times that I stopped actually reading it. 
started by reading it and then I kind of clicked off the screen. Like I didn't need this anymore. Sure enough, my brain is not that not that quick. So always works that way. Always works that way. But yeah, do you play best ball, Dan? I do. I got really got into it more last year. It was my first time actually like going doing multiple drafts for right after the season, after the draft, right before the season, like just trying to get as much content in terms of developing it for myself, having yeah. people on the, you know, the, the fantasy football astronauts podcast to talk about it. So underdogs great. I love what they do, how they have really spread themselves across over the fantasy football landscape and what they're doing is incredible, how they've grown. So I, I love, I love best ball and everything that they're really bringing in over there. Underdog. Yeah, I, I like it too, especially because I'm pretty short on time in season. Yeah. So having like I don't have to set a lineup. There's no trades or waivers. It's just you draft a team and then you either win money or you don't. I love yep. the simplicity of it, man. So, all right, we're going to jump in. For the listeners, you know the usual format. We're going a, a player Dan is higher on the most, a player he's lower on the most, and then he's going to pound the table for a team player fit. We're going to start it off with Michigan State wide receiver Jaden Reed. Talk to me. Oh, man. You know, it was somebody who wasn't really on my radar a ton until the senior ball. You know, I liked him in 2021. I was like, this guy could have a really nice season next year as a senior. And then Michigan State said, we are just going to play offense this year. We're just not going to do it. And so that really kind of takes him off of your radar initially. But that's why, you know, we get into the film. We do the, the dives and stuff like that. So getting to see him at the senior ball was probably the tipping point for me. I was like, I know I have to get into this guy's tape because he was just, he was always open and he was not just always open. He was dunking on fools down the field. And that was what I love to see when you have a five, 10, five, 11 receiver, who's not, he's a little more slight build. What? 185. I think something like that. When you have, huh? 187. Yep. 187. Yeah. So yeah, close. I was in the ballpark. Uh, so he's got all of the ability to go make plays down the field, but all the also the short area quickness on tape to get open against press. He's got the hand usage in the stem, all of that stuff that translates to the next level with getting open. And that's really what this comes down to, because you have these guys that play on the outside in college. Everyone's like, yeah, they play on the outside there. But if they don't have the requisite footwork, hand usage in the stem that will not translate to the NFL. Jaden Reed has all that to be able to get open at the next level because he's already doing it routinely. Every single game I've watched of him, he faces some form of press coverage and he just continuously stacks corners, gets open and gets by them. He is not going to blow you away with like four, three speed, but he can still separate down the field because of that short area quickness. So everything that he does, he has really nice hands down the field. He tracks the ball. Well, getting open in zone and when the play breaks down, that's when in the NFL, you have to be able to get open early. And then when the play breaks down, find where your, your quarterback's going and the spots in your defense that are going to be open. And he does that very well. You see multiple times quarterbacks getting out to the right. He's looking ahead. He's looking at where those linebackers are going. Are they coming downhill to run to him? If they are, he stops in that zone and waits. He's like, I'm open. Be a reliable. Just get open for your quarterback. Be a reliable player. And that stuff all translates. So I think coming into this, he was probably viewed as a day three guy. Day three guy. I think right now I have a, a second round grade on him. Like I, I legitimately have a second round grade on Jaden Reed. So um, that's going to be much higher than consensus. And honestly, I don't really care. That's what I love about this. This whole process is that we get to evaluate the film. And at the end of the day, I'll learn from this. If it doesn't translate, we'll see in a few years, two, three years. If it doesn't, I get to take back to my my, my 
notes and see what didn't translate. Maybe he just gets injured a bunch and doesn't really get to perform that way. But I love I love Jaden Reed, and I think he's going to be able to play X some probably more of a Z, like a starting Z in the NFL. He's not going to be a number one receiver. He's going to be more of a number two to complement a number one like you know Justin Jefferson, someone like that who can play all of them at an elite level. But I really think he's going to be a reliable player in the NFL for a long time. He's going to score a ton of points. Yeah, I, I love that. To reiterate a couple of things you said too, I was in the same boat as you where I, I was aware of him. I, I live in Michigan as well, so I've seen a lot of Michigan State <laughs> football. Um, so I, I was pretty aware of him. You know, I didn't think he'd score super high for me. We go to the Senior Bowl, and I had I did a preliminary watch of him before the Senior Bowl, but he blew me away. It, one of the things that really stood out to me is when he was at Michigan State, he was not asked to do much in the slot. And most of his slot reps, which were rare, mm-hmm. were they were hiding him in like bunch formations a little bit. And Michigan State doesn't even use, use bunch that much. So <laughs> he wasn't he never really had true reps as a slot receiver. And then he goes to Mobile and basically only plays in the slot in 11s or seven on seven. And mm-hmm. I thought that was incredible. And he did, he looked natural, like really, really good against zone. I mean, the, the man stuff is, is great. Like the one-on-one drills, he was crushing people. Oh. So he really opened my mind there. When I watched his film, he ended up scoring as a day two pick for me. Um, I, I don't know that I'd go all the way to round, yeah. two, but I'm definitely higher on him than most as well. So I agree there. You talked about how he's not going to blow you away with that four, three speed. Yeah. He was very productive when given the opportunity downfield in college. Yeah even when facing press his the nuance in his route running and the way he can you know alter speeds and attack outside shoulder like i do think it translates to the nfl i'm not saying he's going to be a bona fide deep threat but i don't think that necessarily just goes away yeah NFL. you know i I think that that option is still going to be there for him did you have a a player comp for him by any chance i don't i i try to stay away from comps i'll be honest with you guys and that's not because i am just don't like to do it I'm not one. I'm a a, a person who likes to look in the mirror. I'm not good at player comps. But also, I like to just take a player and say, look, this is what they are. And I don't want to give them expectations. Like sometimes if it's really, really obvious to me, I'll I'll, I'll tweet it out or something like that. But for the most part, I like to just take a player at face value. And I don't want to assign expectations to, to a player. But it's... That's why I like to do what I do in terms of the film breakdowns and trying to get through everything. Because when you put it down on your notes, you you can go back to that and you can say, well, maybe he didn't turn out the best as the most optimistic um, point value that you thought he was going to get to. But all these things that he he has are are just really they're nice, translatable traits. And I don't I don't tend to give guys too many expectations to meet early on in their careers yeah i i get that I, when i do comps i don't do ceiling floor comps i yeah. just stay away from that i'll do style comps and i'll even be ridiculous with it if i have to like <laughs> he reminds like i think who who was it uh i i give comps like hey he reminds me of captain america if he didn't get to oh Super i like that see <laughs> but like so read like I'll, I'll do stylistic comps i guess is, is what i'm saying but um, so that's cool. I totally understand that. One one other area of of Reed's game that I do think matters is he might be the best return guy in the class. As Absolutely, well. teams are going to love that about him. Like if if you need a, a, some extra juice in the return game, he's your man, and you're going to get a good receiver out of it too. So it's a, it's a really good package deal there. Yeah, I love what he, he like. I said he's the complete package. He's going to play special teams early, and he's going to work his way into the field because he's just that good. Like I said, he's not going to be a number one for a team. I mean, maybe he maybe he turns into that. I don't know. I don't want to just say he won't ever be that because you never really do know with these players, but he's 
already going to be someone that's on the team's radar for special teams. And then everything that he brings as a receiver, honestly, is just icing on the cake because a lot of these guys early on, like Jaden Reed probably was viewed as a day three guy, but a core special teams player. I think right now for all of us that are finally getting to the tape, we're saying, well, yeah, he could do that. But he's also going to be very, very valuable to an offense. And the teams have been writing this down ever since they were, you know, watching him. So that's that's what you love to see as you go back through and you're like, yeah, he's going to get on the field early, but he's going to be a, a core kind of glue guy for a team. And that's really, really important, especially in the NFL. 100% agree there. You, you did mention his size, too, and him being undersized. But it's funny, when you actually compare him to this class, he's actually yeah. not small. <laughs> he's a little bigger. Yeah. It's funny. Which is crazy. So, all right, we're going to move on. We're going to go to a player you're lower on than most. And I give this preface before we get into this segment because people inevitably think if you're lower on a guy, that means you hate him. Yeah, right. None of that is true. We don't hate any players. We don't root for people to fail. This is just an honest evaluation. We're talking about Syracuse running back Sean Tucker. I tend to agree with this take, by the way. So I'm interested to hear what you have to say. All right. And, and and I always do the same thing too. Like I don't, I always want players to prove me wrong. Every time I say I, I don't like someone's film, I will say it like right after. I hope they prove me wrong because at, at the end of the day, I don't want any of these guys to fail. Right. I want all of them to get not only to the NFL, but to make the most money possible. And I've said this a lot too. I want every player to get as most money possible that they possibly can in their careers. You hold out if you have to hold out, get your money. This yeah. doesn't last long. Like on average, three years. Do what you got to do, man. I don't. I don't care. So, Sean Tucker was huge. Like probably two months ago, like everyone in the fantasy community was like, "This guy out of Syracuse, he's big, he's fast, he can catch the football, he takes it to the house." And you know, I'm like, "Yeah, I see this. I see the highlights. I, I, I understand." We get. I get more into the tape on him. And all of that stuff is there. He he really more of it is a catching a dump off player. He's not going to run very good routes. I don't think he's got great ball skills either. He's kind of has to hit him in the hands close to the chest and he'll just like loftily catch it, but he's not going to blow you away with what Bijan does. Bijan is a, you know, catch the ball everywhere, catch radius kind of guy. I don't believe that Sean Tucker is that level of a, a wide receiver in terms of running back play, but what he offers up front is a very huge one-cut lane runner. He gets a lane, he can one-cut, and he can just really gouge defenses. I think in today's NFL, that's valuable, specifically with the way that teams are playing more nickel, more light packages, and more or less boxes, especially with the way offenses are throwing the football around. So what he does bring is a, is a valuable in a, in a committee back role, which is what the NFL is also leaning more to. But I think what the biggest takeaway for me is that He's not a three-down player. He's off. I'll say he's very awful. He's pretty bad in pass protection. He's not going to be asked to do that because he really can't do it. Technically, he's not to the point where he can get his hands to the chest of a, a blitzer. He can get underneath. He's kind of just lets guys run into him and he falls off of them. And then as a pure running back, he reminds me a little bit of Rashad White in the sense that he plays much smaller than he is. He does not have the power that he looks like he has. He doesn't run guys over. He doesn't have that contact balance uh, to, or not, excuse me, not the contact balance. He doesn't make guys miss all the time. Like you would think he'd want him to with that ankle flexion and the hip ability, the hip fluidity. He doesn't have that in space. And then when we're looking at what he does behind an offensive line, even a bad offensive line, when you have a good 
run structure, whether it's zone, whether it's power, he's often looking to freelance. I see this all the time on his tape. He just looks the other way. If he's got a lane to his left and they're running outside zone, a lot of times I see him stop and try to get back to the outside right because he's like, well, the defense is flowing to the left, so I'm going to try and get back to the right. Sometimes it works. And at Syracuse, it's going to work quite a bit. And that's why you see him backtrack to the right and, and outrun a guy, outflank a guy because he's got that speed. And that's not going to work in the NFL. I've, these linebackers are faster. They have, they take better angles. They wrap up better than a lot of these defenses that you're playing against at Syracuse. So when I evaluate him on a running back structure, he's not a guy that I'm taking on day two. I I view him as a day three running back prospect that has dump off ability, but he needs to learn structure to run behind the tackles and to find those zones, uh, those gaps in between the tackles, manipulate the second level. And that's where he really does struggle, in my opinion. He's going to be a really nice complement to a backfield as a change of pace early on with a one cut home run hitting ability. But everything else is really lacking in his game. And that's why, you know, I'm not huge. I'm not really high on him in terms of what he's going to be like a three down back in the NFL. I just don't see that yet. Yeah, I don't disagree with anything you said. One of the notes I put in his prospect profile in our draft guide is he has an awkward play style as a runner. (laughs) That's 205 pounds. Like you said, he does. He does sometimes search for the wrong crease. And then there's other times, especially like in his 21 tape, where he just looks like a hammer in search of a nail. And yeah he almost goes out of his way to make contact with defenders and he's not good at that. So it doesn't make sense. He doesn't generate a ton of movement or or yards after contact in that regard. He's not breaking a ton of tackles. So I don't, it it almost seems like he lacks confidence when he gets past his, his initial hole or his initial point of attack. And then in the, in the past game too, I, I'm not even sure I like him on dump off. Yeah, right. I I was being a little generous. Oh man. His, uh, like the way he greets the football in the air is so bizarre. He he often lets things get into his body for no reason. Like mm-hmm. it's not like he's in traffic or in congested areas. I I don't I don't really see him being a clean catcher, let alone the the route running stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like even like balls that aren't right on him too. He has a hard time making adjustments and and kind of ju- judging where that ball is going to end up. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's tough. I don't. I don't know. He's, he's got a lot of work to do in the pass game if he's going to get on the field in that regard. And he's like too small to be a, a power runner early down specific guy. He, he reminds me a little bit of Ronald Jones in some ways. I can I can see that for sure. A guy who's really plucked off of the track field and put yeah. into the back, running back backfield background and say, hey, go go make something happen. And then he's trying to. And he just he's like, I, you're asking me to do this. I'm trying to make something happen. I don't know. I can't see what's going on in front of me. Uh, so, yeah, I, I can definitely see that. It's almost like a I wouldn't say it's a one for one play style comp because Ronald Jones is a much more powerful back than yeah. th- than he is. But I, I can absolutely see what you're looking for, especially in terms of the awkward nature with the, the catching of the football and trying to read an offensive line. Well, and jo- Jones has put on a significant amount of weight since he mm-hmm. hit the NFL too. He came, he hit the combine at like two oh five, in that you know hammer in search of a nail mentality he had as well. Where it's like there were so many plays in his college shape. Where you're like, dude, you could honestly just run around that guy, <laughs> yeah, lowering your head and shoulder and just blasting right into him. I I didn't understand that. So I you know I do think like college Ronald Jones was definitely more close close to Sean Tucker than NFL college or Ronald Jones for sure. So. 
Um, so you have a day three grade on him? I do. And we'll, like, I'm still evaluating tape. I don't have a ton of it. Based off of the two plus games that I've watched, that's what I have. We'll see if I if something else comes up that will maybe bump him up. But like early day three, I think he'll be drafted around round four, maybe late round four-ish. But that's that's what I have on him right now. If, if you get a chance – uh, juxtaposes twenty twenty one tape to twenty twenty two tape. That's fat. That's a fascinating experiment to me. So. <laughs> I'll make sure to get it down. Yeah. All right. Cool. So let's let's move on to your your team player fit you want to pound the table for, and that is Notre Dame tight end Michael Mayer to the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. This is for me the saying that always rings in my ear. What's the 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 best course of action for your young quarterback? They're moving on to Jordan Love this year. Yes, he's still he's still relatively young, and I the very first time that he was drafted, I said on my live stream when he was drafted, he's going to be a three or four years, and that's when he'll be ready to start. I had Packer fans just like jawing at me, and I mean, look where we are. Granted, Aaron Rodgers being Aaron Rodgers helps keep him off the field, but at the same time, when he did get on the field, that he wasn't exactly blowing anybody away. So. You now have a young quarterback taking over for Aaron Rodgers, who we assume, because nothing has actually happened yet with Aaron Rodgers, which is another fun conversation, that he's not going to be at Green Bay next year. Michael Mayer is not a blow-you-away athlete. Okay, He's just not. But everything he does is reliable. He blocks. He does not have to come off the field at all. Notre Dame likes to overuse their players. Another player, Isaiah Foskey, was overused on the defensive side. Let him line up at defensive end. Don't put him at defensive tackle. Don't put him at linebacker. Don't put him off in space all the time. They like to overuse their players. They did that with Michael Mayer as well. He lined up in the backfield. He lined up in an H-back role. He lines up out wide. He lines up in the slot, which that's good for him. It allows him to now be a receiver as well as a blocker because you can, again, line him up as an inline tight end. He's a very good blocker. He's not George Kittle or Rob Gronkowski late in their career type of blocker. That's not his game. But he's a good functional blocker, especially even at the NFL level. It's going to be good for him to get on the field. Again, no, Green Bay wouldn't have to take him off the field. And when you have a young quarterback with youth around him at wide receiver – who's going to need some guys he can trust. I know that Christian Watson's there, Romeo Dobbs is there, but MBS and you know Alan Lazard now are both gone. They're not there. Those you know quote-unquote trustworthy guys that you can have in the in the in the wide receiver room are gone. And Christian Watson for everything he is is not a reliable receiver. He's not. You can argue with me all day about that, but you're wrong. He's not a reliable receiver. And Romeo Dobbs also has dropped concerns and tendencies unless they continue to develop which we all expect. They're we're rookies last year. I expect them to get better. But Michael Mayer brings a presence to that offense that's trustworthy. You're going to need somebody that you can trust to throw the ball to. On third downs, you can throw him short, intermediate, and deep. He's not going to separate a ton deep down the field, but what he does with his body, his body technique, and his the way he attacks the football in the air, all those things translate really well, especially for an, a Green Bay offense that's going to run a ton of A.J. Dillon, and Aaron Jones, and then they're going to run play action off of it to make it easier for a guy like Jordan Love. And what Michael Mayer, again, brings to that is a trust factor that I really love in Green Bay because it rounds out what they don't necessarily have at wide receiver in this physicality aspect. They don't really have that. Uh, so I think that this is a really nice fit for them. They will run the ball. It will 
will work really well with their run game, their zone, their power, whatever they want to run. He can do all of that and just line up anywhere. And it completes, in my opinion, it completes their offense. They've been looking for a tight end forever. And I think Michael Mayer would do that very well. How old are you? Daniel? I'm 30. You're 30. Did you ever play the game 500 as a kid? Yes, I did. Yeah, so when the ball is in the air, <laughs> Michael Mayer looks like he's playing 500. Always. He doesn't he, care who's around him. He's he knocking people out. He he will physically assault you at the catch point. He's an MMA fighter when that ball is in the air. Yep. And within the confines of the rules, of course, he will ensure that he comes down with that football. He is. Uh, I wrote in my notes that he is a quarterback's best friend at the catch point. Boom. He is, he, what he lacks in the ability to generate separation from like man coverage or even zone carry he's going to make up with his ball skills yep. and ability to catch one. He's going to use that frame to box guys out, keep people away from the ball. Uh, I, I love the fit. Pairing him with the young quarterback is is great. That is great for both him and the quarterback, I believe. Um, where do you where do you have him? What kind of draft grade you got on him? He's a first-round grade for me. Grade. Um, he's a lower first-round grade. Um, I think I'll have only one tight end with a true first-round grade. Um, I think it's going to be Michael Mayer because of everything that he brings. You have a lot of upside with other guys, other tight ends in this group, but yep. what he does and what he consistently rounds out, you don't have to be an elite player, like a, a blue chip player to get a first round uh, grade, but what he does when the run game lining up the versatility and Notre Dame also used him on scheme touches. Like he was getting some touch passes out of the backfield. He was getting jet sweeps. Like they were just getting the ball in his hands. And I love, I love seeing that because again, trust the offense was like, yeah, we're going to give you the ball. You're not going to, you're not going to fumble it. Rarely fumbled it. You're going to run guys over. You're going to get yards after the catch for us. So it was it was a really easy thing for me to look at him, look at his his size against six four and change. Um, he's not going to be huge. Like he's not six seven. Like everyone's like wowing over Luke Musgrave, who didn't wow at the combine, surprisingly enough. So uh, yeah, he's going to be my only tight end right now, based on the film that I have with a round one, a true round one grade. Right on. Yeah, I have a, a high second round grade on him. Mm-hmm. I think I'm only going to have 20-ish first round grades. So yeah. the reality is, is like I fully expect him. Like if he went in the first round, I'm not going to be mad about it. Or I, I, I'm not going to pick because as you know, I, 20 first round grades, that next tier of players is very deep. Mm-hmm. He should be at the, the forefront of that tier of guys to go. So if he goes anywhere between 20 and, you know, 20 and 40, I think that's appropriate. So. Well, right on. Thank you so much for joining the pod. It was a, it was a pleasure having you. That's going to do it for us today. Daniel, where can the people find you? Yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter at inharmsway19. All of my film breakdowns for the fantasy football astronauts will be found there. They are sub. Just got a sub to get those because uh, we had some issues with catapult taking down our youtube page so we want to make sure that they don't get close to our stuff right now i also do film breakdowns and anything and everything chiefs related on rgrfootball.com the chiefs channel dedicated to breaking down film that's what i do over there and yeah everything i have is on twitter tons of clips there you can also find me on tiktok at in harm's way 19 i do a lot of stuff up there too nice right on daniel thanks again so much we are Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com.